Shalom, everybody. Hey, welcome to High Spirits. Hi, Hi. everybody. Uh, that's my friend Noelle. And that's my friend Jay. Yeah, and we do a show called High Spirits. We sure do. Yeah, it's about ghosts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I have no words. I'm just going to echo everything you yeah, said. Yeah, I know. I love it. Um, so on this show, uh, we talk about spirits and we drink spirits. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, just so you guys know, um, my spirit today is uh, a repeat, but I don't mind it because I love it. It's uh, Founders All Day IPA. I'm also doing a repeat of my boxed wine because I'm not a monster. <laughs> Um, <laughs> sometimes you just have to be you. Yes. It's the, uh, the Target brand, yeah. um, red, dark red blend. Dark red blend. Butterbox. Yes. Nope. Just the Target blend. Oh, no. I'm going generic. Oh, I like it. Yeah. It's just as good. <laughs> Target brand. Just, just as good. Just as good. All right. Well, so how's it going? Hey, things are going okay. Good. How about good. you? I'm fine. Uh, do we have any updates, things we want to talk about? No? You go first. Um, I want to apologize for the level of usage of the word like that yeah. I use. I say like a lot. Me too. I'm so sorry. We're the worst. I'm really trying to be aware of it, and then I feel like I like I just did yeah I overdo it then listen I did not realize that I sound like I'll use the word I didn't realize I sound like a 15 year old girl talking about these things I sound absolutely stupid and I say fuck constantly you are very vulgar I'm so vulgar and the weirdest thing is if you know me I have a lot of composure and I'm very professional you do. On the show, I sound like an absolute asshole. Right. I had to make sure that my parents weren't listening to this because of the level of language that you use. Oh, me? Because <laughs> <laughs> they like you so much. I know. Tony and Joan, listen, I'm going to try to do episode six is our episode. Oh, did I already swear? So, uh, you may have. Okay. I don't know. It's hard to know. It's well, just, I'm sad now. I don't even. It's really fine. I don't mind it. Okay. Well, that's good. Yeah. It's good. Um, also, I would—I mean, I would say if I if I had the ability to use words, I would say other things. <laughs> I just don't. Your vocabulary is quite limited. It is extraordinarily <laughs> limited. It really is just like sixteen swear words, and then and then we're done. Some nouns. <laughs> also, if you know anything about Jay, that's completely false. Yeah. So I'm really surprised about how stupid I sound on this. No, same. Same. Yeah. Like, uh, people think that we are so dumb. Yeah, that's okay. It's fine. We're, We're fine. fine. And oh. fine. <laughs> fun and fine. Fun and fine. Uh, booze and ghosts makes for some <laughs> dumb conversations. <laughs> that's for sure. Oh. Okay, so well, you're here at episode 666. Oh, no. That's no, my JK, number. It's just episode 6. Right. I hope we get up to 666. I do, too. Where will we be, then? What year will that be? It will be uh, 2066 in June. <laughs> Here's hoping we make it. On the 6th. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, my. I will... Well, I'm not going to say how old I am. I will be very old. I will be 245 when that episode <laughs> <laughs> airs. We will have found the uh, Fountain of Youth. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you won't look a day over 232. No. Nope. Listen, I'm not cracking. <laughs> 
<laughs> I, I sound like a 15-year-old, and I look like one. <laughs> but not, like, in a Lolita way, like, in an appropriate way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're not going to get carded, but they might, <laughs> but they're going to ask you just in case. Just in case. <laughs> yep. And hopefully by then there's a cure for rosacea. Because I have nope. it. Nope. <laughs> They'll have anything I actually, else. I, uh, uh. Somebody I did not know, just an older lady, came up to me in the grocery store and said, um, in a very heavy accent, I want to say it was very Eastern European, she asked me if I knew I had rosacea. I can fix you. I was just like, <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah, right? I was like, dude, uh, first of all, yes. And second of all, that's so fucking weird. And third, what are you selling? Yeah, what do you I get? I put it on my face. What do you, what do you get? <laughs> Say something witchy. <laughs> like, like do some old school fucking Polish magic. And if you're going to be fucking rude, like, make it happen. Right. And then she just hands you a tub of cocoa butter. Yeah, what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and sells it to you for, like, 50 bucks. Right? Try this. I'm not paying 50 bucks for cocoa butter. <laughs> I'm a generic mother. But she won't know it because she'll say it's something in Polish. And she'll say like, it's a Dybbuk box. And I'll be like, <laughs> oh. Keep that away. Oh, jeez. <laughs> uh, hey, guys. <laughs> you're on high. Well, you're not on. Uh, you're listening to High Spirits, hopefully. Um, <laughs> today, <laughs> if that's not what you wanted to listen to, you should turn this off. Yeah, right. turn it off. Listen to MTV. Or can you listen to it? Is there... I don't even know what's happening with MTV anymore. Oh, you probably can. They probably have a podcast. Probably. Yeah. That's what the kids are into. Sure. Fucking old ass Ashley Simpson. <laughs> Ashley. like <laughs> a, a podcast about like how, I don't know. Okay. So, Noelle, you want to, you want to talk uh, ghostesses? I do. I like it. Okay, cool. Um, guys, today we're going to talk uh, about Our Lady of Angels. Okay. Right here in Chicago. Do you know that story? Uh, no, I don't. All right. So I'm going to try to be real quiet because I'm sure I'm going to have a ton of questions. Yeah, no, no. Ask, ask away. Should I raise my hand if I have a question? Please don't. Because we talk over each other so much. Yeah, we're trying not to. I feel like we're getting better at it. We're learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is all about learning. Yep. Our Lady of Angels is... <laughs> Why are you laughing at that? I don't know. Okay. Please continue. So, Our Lady of Angels was a, a terrible catastrophe. I'll start here. It happened December 1st, 1958. It happened on the west side of Chicago... Uh, at 3820 West Iowa Street, which is either Austin or Humboldt Park. Okay. So I said that really weirdly. Mm-hmm. Humboldt Park. I'm familiar. Okay, great. Um, so this was a school oh, that wow. burned down. It was mm-hmm. a Catholic school. Ugh. Um, I'm going to give you just a little bit of like pre-front history and then we'll talk about some other things. Um, so on December 1st, 1958, 92 children Mm. and three nuns died at Our Lady of Angels school. Yeah. Um, also 100 children were injured. Jeez. Yeah. So 92 died and 100 children were injured. Do you know how many children were there? I do. Okay. Yep. We're going to get there. Um, And just so you know, Our Lady of Angels was uh, a school that was part of a Catholic parish. 
uh, that had about 4,500 families from mostly Irish and Italian backgrounds. Um, and so just so you know, this is another Jay Seidman working class fiasco. Yep. I love talking about, <laughs> I, I do, I can't help it. I love talking about the underserved because had this been any place at any other time, this would not have happened. And I only like to talk about wealthy art dealers <laughs> from <laughs> Georgia. And the Dippick Box also was a, a, an art dealer. Yeah. Uh, clearly, we're classists. Yeah, no, I mean, clearly, <laughs> I'm just, like, obsessed with Chicago and, and its uh, poor immigrant population. Oh. But uh, So about the school, it was built in 1904. Uh, remember, this tragedy happened in 1958, so it had, you know, like a 50-year history. Uh, Noelle asked this question, which I think is a really great question. Um, how many students were there? Uh, just so you know, this was an extremely overcrowded, poor school. Um, I looked at so many sources, and this the, the numbers range. The students could be somewhere between 1,200 and 1,600. Yikes. It's a lot of kids. It, this is an elementary school. Uh, it's a it's a it's Catholic an, school, so it's an all, all encompassing. Of it? Okay. Uh, K through twelve. K through twelve. Okay. Yep. Um, here's what you need to know: it had no smoke detectors, no sprinkler systems, no outside fire alarms, and the building only had one fire escape. Jeez. But this was okay. What year was it again? Fifty-eight. Nineteen fifty-eight. So those weren't. That wasn't, like, code at that time to have those things. It was. Oh! But they were grandfathered in because they were... Catholic. Yep. Ugh. Because they couldn't afford to make the adjustments they should have been able to make, so they were grandfathered in. And this is awful. But, interestingly, uh, two months before this disaster, the school passed a fire inspection. <laughs> just gonna side of that. No, I know. No, I has literally nothing to say. I. This is so sad. It's awful. Um. So here. So the incident. Uh, the fire started around two twenty-five p.m. So all the students were in their last class of the day. Um. This was about twenty minutes before class for the entire day was going to be dismissed. Um. They think what happened. Uh, and later on, I'll talk a little bit more about this. So the fire started in a trash can at the bottom of the basement stairwell. Uh, and then from there, it spread to the stairs. And probably due to air from an open window, it just spread. And remember, this is December 1st. And if you haven't been to Chicago in December, it's very windy. It's very cold. That is uh, just, it's just a recipe for fire. I mean, fire spreading. Yes. Yeah. I mean, recipe for disaster. Recipe for disaster. It's well, and and back then, um, because whether you want to admit it or not, we are experiencing the the climate change. Yep. Um, it was probably much colder than what we experience now on December first, which is actually pretty mild. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Until we get to the polar vortex, which these guys did not have to do. True. Yep. True. Um. You guys, Our Lady of Angels, uh, much like the stories I like to tell, and I'm really, I'm sorry about it, but I have to because people's voices need to be heard. Um, there were mistakes, 
And again, if they, if this wasn't an underserved population, these mistakes probably would not have been made. Um, there was a several minute delay with the fire alarms. They did not have a connection to the actual firehouse. So it took, uh, whether it was minutes, uh, some, some say between 15 and 20 minutes before the fire department oh even God. knew about it. Um, when the fire department trucks arrived, they pulled up to the wrong address. Oh. Yeah. So they went to the church rectory and they didn't go to the school. How did they not see it? That, you know, I spent so much time trying to figure that out. Like how, but. <sighs> that doesn't make any sense. No. But, but I think, you know, people like when you see an emergency or, or, or things get a little bit crazy, I think people get a little bit crazy. Yeah. Ugh. It doesn't make sense. But listen, they went to the wrong address, which was, which was like close. I mean, the rectory wasn't, yeah. this is a parish, right? Right. But they didn't go to the school initially. The dispatcher had been given the wrong address by the person who phoned it in. Oh, so they wasted even more time. And that person lived with that for the rest of their life. You know, and I feel you, you must feel terribly for that person. Absolutely. They did their best. Like, honestly, because you're panicked and you, well, you don't know. Yeah. I mean, especially if, if, if a place has several addresses, like the place where I work has, Four addresses. Right. I'm not going to say where it is, but I mean, like, you could give a myriad of addresses and still be talking about the same place. Right. Well, and I know, because there's a Catholic school in my neighborhood, and that's and the church is right next door, but the rectory is actually um, a little bit away. It's, like, around the corner, basically. Mm-hmm. So... It, it like the school's sort of visible, but so I can now that now thinking about that, I could see where that is an easy mistake to make. I, I mean, you know, people people were confused, but again, yeah. this is this is my little subsect on my piece of paper where mm-hmm. I talk about lost time. Uh, here's another thing about lost time. Uh, when the trucks finally got to the right place, uh, there was a locked gate. Mm. So obviously, here's the deal, everybody. We all lock ourselves in because we want to be safe from the person outside. But even then they were locking the gates. I feel like that was a, not a thing then. No, they, they did. They like, I mean, I think right now, like maybe with gated communities and all that shit, people even now, like they, they lock themselves in not thinking I have to get out. Right. Well now, now it's definitely a thing, but I feel like in 1958 you locked your kids in the school. Maybe it was like, I don't know, to keep, I guess you keep them in or to keep the truant kids. I'm not sure. You know, I really don't, I, I don't know, but they, the, the fire department actually had to break into a locked gate. I'm just, I'm to get inside. also being a conspiracy theorist right now and thinking like somebody locked that gate. No, uh, I would doubt it. Okay. Highly. I just think this, this is just a series of errors. Okay. Got it. This whole story is a disgusting series of errors. Um, by the time that the trucks got there, the entire upper, upper floor of the north wing was completely in flames. So let's talk about this. Uh, just so you guys know, we're the, uh, the occupants on the first floor of the school were safely evacuated um, in fire drill formation. They were they were okay. Okay. They might have had a little bit of uh, smoke inhalation, smoke inhalation yeah. that kind of thing. The problem really was uh, on the upper floors. 
Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about the upper floors of the school. By the way, wooden, old, 1904. Now, this happened in 1958, but remember, they had, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read it again if I can find it. No smoke detectors, no sprinkler systems, no outside fire alarms, and the building only had one fire escape. It was also mostly made of wood. So on the upper floors, uh, completely filled with thick clouds of smoke. The fire escape had become unreachable, unreachable through the hallway. The only way was out through the windows. And this, going back to what I said before, uh, is bad. Because what happens with fire is oxygen makes it worse. Mm -hmm. And so all these children in this attempt to sort of get out, and, and actually not a lot of them, not even to get out, but just to merely breathe, uh -huh. they open the windows, oh, which fan the flames. God. At this point, uh, children started jumping out of windows in desperation. Yeah. They just started leaping to their deaths. Um, here's some good news. Firemen saved 160 children. Uh, by pulling them out of windows. They, they got on their ladder hooks yeah. and they pulled them out of windows. Uh, they passed them down the ladders. And, and so, sometimes the children that already were looking to jump, uh -huh. uh, they caught them in nets or they broke their falls with, with their own bodies. Wow. They said, jump to me. And they broke their falls. Wow. So I'm going to give you sort of a count uh, or a point counterpoint uh, so this is kind of crazy in this building. It just, de it, it depended on who was your teacher, what was happening and, um, how they handled the situation. Now in one classroom in a single classroom, where there was nothing but panic, the te the, the teacher and 29 students burned to death. Oh, they just all went. Now the classroom across the hall this teacher, who was a nun, they're all nuns. The teachers were nuns. Right. Um, she kept them calm uh, by having them pray and by having them just sort of articulate out loud some of the prayers that they knew mm -hmm. while they were pushing desks against the door to keep out the fire. Wow. So she kind of like had her head on her shoulder. Yeah. Um, the firefighters were actually able to reach them because they had done enough. Uh -huh. uh, they she probably, probably stacked them up. And, they stacked yeah. them up and she probably said, do not open. I mean, she might've been, God only knows. She might've been like somebody who knew better. Mm -hmm. Like don't open the windows. No matter how much you can't breathe, don't open the windows. Um, but she, uh, yeah, the firefighters were able to reach them. Um, and only one child from that classroom died. Compared to across the street, right. uh, across the street, across the, the, the hall. hall, 29 students and a teacher died. Now, what do you think about this really fast? And I know that I, I, I sort of get to this area. 29 students in a classroom, guys. That's too much, right? This right. building was overcrowded. Not only was it a fucking death trap, but it was overcrowded. It was uh, filled with immigrant children and um, they're... Poor parents just trying to make it work. And well, and that's actually that number is a very real number for 
the student to teacher ratio that we're seeing yep. today in CPS or Chicago, mm-hmm. Chicago public schools. And sometimes that number is greater. Yep. And that is a lot for one teacher. One so teacher put, with 29 students. To put her in that scenario. Agonizing. <laughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Agonizing. And to keep all of those children composed and calm through this when it's dire. Yeah. It's that's, so, so, the, much work. so the one lady, the one nun that was yeah. able to truly, uh, had just as many students and to get them focused and keep her shit together, um, and only have one child die. Uh, and that child did not die from burns and, and was not engulfed in flames. It, uh, uh, unfortunately, uh, died from, uh, fire related asphyxiation. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oof. So... That is Our Lady of Angel Chicago. So let's start talking a little bit about um, kind of the weird stuff. Can I ask this? Yeah. Um, wait, you're probably going to talk about it. I no, was just going to ask if they rebuilt. Oh. You're going to talk about it. I am going to talk All about right. it. Go. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. Uh, so I, I, I want to talk just about a few weird stories. At the time that this was happening... Um, firemen fought their way into one classroom and they found 24 children sitting at their desks, their book open, their books open in front of them. Dead. But they looked exactly like they were studying or paying attention. And those firemen, it just freaked them out. Yeah. That doesn't leave you. Oh, nope. Mm -mm. God. Yep. Um, that's terrible. Here's a case of bad luck. There was a little girl, Margaret Chambers. She was nine. And she spent the morning out sick from school. And she wasn't she wasn't the kind of little girl that wanted to be out from school. Mm-hmm. And she asked her mom, once her like, fever broke, can I go back to school? And the, by the way, I mean, this is a parish school. Like, everyone lived extremely close. Right. This isn't a busing situation. It isn't a car situation. Like, you can go to school. You live right by school. Right. You're walking. You're walking. Um, and so her mother acquiesced and said, yeah. No. You can go. Margaret. Right? You can go to afternoon classes. So Margaret Chambers, who had spent the morning at home, she died in the afternoon fire. Margaret. Oh, poor girl. I know. Oh. Her mother must, yes. Oh my God. I did not find anything about her mother, but Mrs. Chambers, um, probably just couldn't stand it. No. The stories of the aftermath of these parents are just horrible. Uh, like I said, it's a, it's a close school to, to all these people. Um, so there, there was a guy, uh, a dad, um, his name is Max Starchura. Statura? S T A C H U R A. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but Max Statura uh, was the dad of a, a boy named Mark, and Mark was nine years old. And so Max went to the school to help. Here's the thing about this hero dad. Sorry, I have shivers right now because this really bothers me. This hero dad ran down to the school and he was able to sell. Uh, save 12 children by telling them to jump and he caught them. Oh my God. Yeah. Like as these firefighters were doing these things, like he was like helping. Yeah. 
It's incredible. You guys, Max actually saw his own son up there, right, on the upper floors, and he yelled to him. He was like, he was like, Mark, jump. Mark, jump. Um, but he didn't. Because he was too scared? Mark was too afraid to jump. Oh, no. And he perished in the fire. Oh, no. Yep. So Max Tortura basically saved all these little kids, saved 12 kids, and could not save his own son. I'm going to cry. This is so sad. It's so sad. Oh, my God. It's awful. And this poor man. uh, Yeah, I mean, a hero of a man, but the thing that haunted him forever was that he could not save his own son. So... In the aftermath of this disaster, and this happened on December 1st, 1958, there was so much confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like even now, I looked so many places. People didn't know if it was like 1,200 students or 1,600 students. Like they're somewhere in the middle. Something was like, let's just go with the average of 1,400. Right. I don't know. Um so it's a lot of kiddos and it's a lot of faculty and it's a lot of parents who right. live just down the street who came to find their kiddos, right? Well, and these parents are probably working factory jobs. Sure. They're doing blue collar work mm-hmm. where they're probably working like second shift, third shift, like a lot of odd, more unemployed. Uh, yeah. So they <laughs> might not have even been reachable during this time. Sure. Oh. So as as you can probably figure out confusion made the aftermath incredibly difficult yeah many parents had no idea if their children were dead or alive and and this is crazy uh because some children and this is a small not small but it's a it's, a, it's an enclave if you will of, of catholic families that belong to this parish that so many children went to friends of friends of friends houses and and ostensibly right like to to be cared for right the problem with that right Mm -hmm. is that parents could not find their children and so they assumed they were dead or they went to hospitals or they did whatever until they figured out right that their kiddo was over at so-and-so's house yeah so oh my god there was a a lot of panic um, because of the chaos, uh, parents actually, these children were taken to seven different hospitals, Jesus. right? So they're, like I said, there were 90, what was it? 92 children died. Three nuns died and a hundred children were injured. Mm-hmm. So seven hospitals took these children in and they had to, I mean, this is 1958. It's not easy. I mean, th- things are a little bit different now. Mm-hmm. You, you go on the internet, you, can, you have your cell phone, you have whatever. Right. So these people are like fucking, they're not sure if their kids are dead or not. They're going from place to place to place to place to, to, to figure out if their kiddos right. are like injured, mm-hmm. dead, or maybe just even at someone else's house. Um, this actually, uh, was the last course of, uh, action that people took, but this was really sad, um, that many of these parents, um, just 
went to the county morgue. Oh. And so we're talking about 90, you know, 92 kids who actually died, but they had uh, actually parents of surviving children that just kept lining up at the morgue because they couldn't find their kids. Oh my God. There was that much confusion. They just didn't know. Well, um, and then they the- didn't know if they were in the hospital, etc. So they had lines and lines of people at the county morgue that had to. And if you think about this, this is disgusting. These are fire victims. And these parents kept walking past yeah. these kids to see if they're, and then they find out their kid's alive, and then there's that kind of survivor's guilt oh, thing yeah. because it's your neighbor. It, it, it's just, oh, it's just like, there's nothing good about any of this. I'm peeling off my nail polish because I'm so I nervous know I about see it. it. And it was, oh my God, you did a whole thing. It was beautiful. I'm just nervous. Well, yeah. it's the gel, so it's, oh, okay. It just peels right off. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. I don't tell nice stories. You don't. You just want to make me worst. sad. I know. No, you but it's some nice, you, you, you are much more joyful than I am. And I, like, I feel like for some reason it's my mission to be like, like socioeconomically, this would Ugh. never happen. Bring me down. No, but I, but you're right. It's important. We know these stories and that you're giving them a voice. Where... Yeah. I mean, go to Facebook and ask me to tell a nice story. I promise I will. But like, I can't help looking at these stories where I'm just like, God damn it. These underserved people had anybody on their side. Mm-hmm. This shit wouldn't happen to them. Yeah. I mean, they, they were grandfathered in. That's they passed their fire inspection because acceptable. The fire marshal was basically like, "You're a Catholic. You're a poor Catholic school, and you couldn't possibly afford to make any of these changes, and so we won't make you." Ooh, that makes me so crazy because I have gone through so many fire drills with the fire marshal. For, like, in my my previous job, we would have, like, a quarterly fire drill. And the fire marshal would come. And if you even thought about bringing your purse or your coffee, he would berate you in front of everybody. Like, he, he, this guy was so serious. As he, but by the way, as he should. Absolutely. I was the fire marshal, um, uh... You're the the person with the vest. This was an actual like. No, 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 I'm sorry. I didn't mean fire marshal. I was uh, a floor captain. Yeah. Um, Not a fire marshal. You put the post-it notes on the doors. Yeah, I had the vest and I had the flashlight and I had like the the pack of things um, because as Noah has probably indicated, I'm a nerd and so my former building was like, I never wanted that job. Yeah, I know, and I I took it because I'm just a fucking idiot, but. Every note we got from them, I was like, yeah. I mean, I look at people, like, taking their purses and all their fucking shit. I'm like, you guys, we're on the 33rd floor. There's a there's a complete reason. All of that stuff you can replace. Whatever is in your 100%. purse, unless you're carrying, I mean, I, I get the people I carrying mementos. We and actually things. had a thing happen in my building, and I was, like, trying to, I was putting post-its on the door, and... Uh, you put them at the very bottom. I'm, yeah, I know. Because the fire, yeah. So you have to put it in the bottom door because the fire will, uh, the smoke will make it. Uh, what am I trying to say? I don't know. The smoke rises so you can see it at the very bottom, but yeah. you can't see it. And I opened a door, and there were people still having a conference call. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys, a total like like a vice president, whatever. And I was like, "You need to evacuate." We were actually having a thing; it wasn't a drill. Mm-hmm. And he put his finger up. Like, we're just finishing this. And I was like, I mean, as somebody wearing the vest, as somebody who was like fire <laughs> captain of my floor, 
I looked at him and I like normally he could boss me around and like shit, whatever. I basically was like, fuck you, die. As the person in the vest. Yeah. No, I, went, I closed the door, did not put a post underneath it, and I was like, you know what? If you if you need to go in there, fucking I guess save these people. What conference call is more important than but I think, so I think, I know, like, during 9-11, and I, I've told this story before, um, to you at least, uh, after, <laughs> at least. Uh, in the post-9-11 world, because I was in college during that time, and my college was experiencing a lot of um, bomb threats. Oh, and, really? Yeah, so there was somebody who really didn't want to go to their 5 o'clock Thursday class, I was convinced, because... It would happen quite frequently on Thursday at that time that they would call something in and um, we would have to evacuate the school. And this was like the year, like months after, basically. That's not okay. No, it's not okay at all. Well, you know, my story, I was uh, uh, working downtown here in Chicago. We did not know um, what the ramifications of, I mean, now we can say in hindsight exactly what happened, but we were all in our high rises. Mm -hmm. I worked in the Playboy building at that time and it started with the Sears and it went to the Hancock and every single high rise or every single skyscraper in Chicago uh, evacuated. Mm -hmm. And it was frightening. I'm sure. But we had become so desensitized to these bomb threats. And I remember, we were working on, we were building a set for whatever show we were working on. And, um, uh, our theater director came in and said, there's another, there was another call. We have to evacuate. And we looked at him and we just went right back to work. That's insane. And he, uh, our, our technical director, somebody was like, guys, he's serious. We have to go. But we had become so desensitized and we're so used to these threats that it didn't matter. Like we knew it wasn't real. So just saying that for, I kind of get his reaction where maybe it's like, Oh, it's just another fire drill. Um, so maybe not to downplay your work as the person in the vest. Okay. Um, (laughs) So listen, if I'm your fire captain and I tell you like, get your shit together, like do it. But but that's the thing, like, we take, and I think we've talked about this before, like, Chicago takes fire very seriously. There's a fire hydrant yeah. on every block. Um, we have... On either side. Yeah, on, you know, uh, businesses um, have fire drills on a quarterly basis. It's a real thing. And the fi- the actual fire marshal will come to your business yeah. and conduct them with you and tell you everything you did wrong. And he's very mean about it. And he's very good at his job. I've seen him out at places before. And I'm like, you're terrifying. Really? Yeah. I've, I've actually never seen him I've out. actually seen Here's him. my thing, though. I could not agree with him more. Like, we're yeah. talking to, tonight about Our Lady of Angels. Um, mm-hmm. The fire marshal said it was okay. And that's mind-blowing. Well, but the I school think it's passed be- the inspection because they couldn't afford not to. Ugh, because they're probably probably were like this is a poor school. It's a blue collar Catholic scenario. We're just gonna give them a handout. Listen, so. I mean, you want your. I'm gonna go on a limb here. You want your fire marshal to be hard on you. I know this 
that everyone who works in theater and everyone who's like, oh, the fire marshal, what a pain in the ass. And right. in my mind, I'm like, and I will talk about this, not not today, but I'm going to talk about the Iroquois theater disaster, and you're going to be fucking happy there's a goddamn fire marshal. Right. Right? You're going to you're gonna be like, oh, what a pain in the ass. They're, they're asking for $2,000 worth of non- uh, or flame retardant things. But, like, when it when push comes to shove, when, in this case, 92 children died, three nuns, and over 100 children were injured, and the Iroquois disaster, over 600 people fucking died, mm-hmm. you're going to want a fire marshal. Well, that's all. And it comes to a point where that's also on the fire department. If you recognize that they are not up to code, that you have a standard... And you know that they can't afford to do it, but you want to keep the school open, then you fucking pay for it to be yep. like up to code. You do something about it. You use your government funds and you make it happen because the fire department is a socialized department. You're so liberal. I know. I'm super liberal. <laughs> But it's like, this is like what our taxpayer money goes to. And so make it happen. I know it's a private school. And I, but if you're that concerned about shutting the school down, make it happen. I know this is all in hindsight, but like, this makes me crazy. Yeah. And they had to live with that then. They had to know that they let this happen. And that's terrible. I'm very upset about that. I know. God, you I've never seen I honestly and and uh, people who are listening, if you're listening, thank you for listening to episode six. You've made it this far. <laughs> Noelle is really upset. But you have a kid and you know what this is. I do. This I yeah. Awful. It's terrible. My I mean, kids, by the way, regular human empathy will tell you this is awful. But like if when you when you really, really think about it, it's awful. So Yeah. Um, I have to tell you something, uh, you guys, you might be wondering how this fire started. I mean, I'm very curious. I was wondering too. (laughs) I, (laughs) I did a lot of research. Uh, the general answer is they don't know. The real answer is they they actually know exactly. Oh, I don't like this. You're going to love this less. So, oh. this fire started... Uh, I like I'm closing my eyes because I, I know. <laughs> the amount... Yeah. No one's like leaning back, put, she put her hands on her face. No! So, this happened in, in 1958. Well, you guys, in 1962, in January of 1962, which is four years later, the police questioned a 13-year-old boy... God damn it. ...about a series of fires that had been set. Um... Uh, so that that would have meant he was nine Ugh. when he started these fires. When he started the uh, actual fire that we're talking about today, the Our Lady of Angels. Um, the police learned that this boy had been a troubled student at Our Lady of Angels at the time of the fire. So they interrogated him. The boy. Wait, in- they interrogated him right after the fire. No, four years later, nineteen sixty. Oh, okay. Or, yeah, nineteen sixty-two. So the fire happened in nineteen fifty-eight. Right. Uh, so this is in nineteen sixty-two. They actually brought in a random thirteen-year-old boy that was setting fires. They actually learned that he had been a troubled student at Our Lady of Angels, and so they kind of put two and two together and they yeah. interrogated him about it. <sighs> the boy. 
admitted that he set the blaze. Uh, kind of how you were saying about your theater department kid. The boy admitted he set the blaze because he was hoping for a few days off of school. School. For the record, it was in a theater department kid. Okay. Sorry. Ew. Uh, we were just working on a set. Oh, you were. Okay. Got it. Yeah. I don't know who it was. So, I mean, this kid was nine years old and you don't want to go to school and he set his school on fire. Oh my God. Uh, and was boy, he like without remorse? You're gonna tell me. I'm yep. sorry. <laughs> the boy admitted that he uh, started setting fires at the age of five. Yikes! Because he actually burned down his own home. Like his mother. I mean his his mother. They dragged the whole family into it. And Let me guess. His parents were smokers. They had matches around. He was just lighting matches. Uh no. I mean it could be. I don't know. But. Okay. He was a very troubled boy, um, and he admitted. So he was probably a fucking serial killer. I don't even know. So when you say very troubled, did they actually like classify him as being a sociopath, or they just refer to him as being troubled? Because... Well, it's 1962. Okay, so so they didn't attach like a label or a diagnosis. No, I mean he started this fire when he was nine, and. Uh, he, they found out he did it when he was 13. I'm going to get to it in I'm a sorry. second. No, you're fine. Um, <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> no, I know. Uh, I might as well get to it now. Get to it. Um, since the boy was under 13, and also he was interrogated in a way that uh, was a little fucked up. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've seen Making of a Murderer. You're not supposed to take a kid into... Oh, no. Like, his parents need to be present. No, nope, they weren't. And they interrogated him like fucking crazy. Yeah. And he admitted to it. I have found no reason to disbelieve that he did it. Right. But they, but the cops... It was a different time, but they need to be a little bit more gentle. Right. But if you read, us. like, Brandon Dassey's transcript, you might think the same thing. Yeah, but this, watching, I, as far as I can tell, this, this kid, is, like, the real not, deal. Like a, okay. Like, I don't mean to call that kid a dummy, but this kid's not a dummy. Okay. But um, he, this uh, kid had set as many as 11 buildings on fire, which is why they found him. And he started all of these fires by tossing matches on papers at the bottom of staircases, which is exactly how Our Lady of Angels fire started. Anyway, since the boy was under 13... He could not be charged for a felony. And so... Or murder. Or murder for a lot of people. A lot of people At least, like, manslaughter, I think, would be, like, the lesser offense. murder, for sure. It would be, like, it would be, like, second degree, because it wasn't intentional. Yeah. I mean, I don't don't know. We don't... We shouldn't talk about the law. But go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the the boy was sent to a home for troubled boys. (laughs) In Sorry. Michigan. <laughs> Which was ruled by nuns. Yeah. In <laughs> Michigan. I mean, they, yeah. they basically, they they knew this person did this. They really didn't know what to do about it, and so they sent him away. To this day, his identity has never been released. Really? Yeah. I did read uh, places that uh, there are people who who know who this person is. I could not find it anywhere who this person is. Is was is I don't know if he's alive I don't know if he's dead I don't know what happened, but um, because okay. I think that's an interesting thing. I mean, it's like partially good and partially bad. If you're a kiddo and you do something terrible, you're protected because right. people think okay, 
before you become 18, you're not an adult. And so people shouldn't know the fucked up shit you do. I agree. And there's still the opportunity because we don't know what his home life was like. Um, he might have come from a very troubled home as well. Or he, he might have. He set his home on fire and it burned down. Right. Or he could have been like a psychopath and, yeah. and just been a, a, a bad kid. Um, so there, we don't know. So maybe like, so he was given the opportunity to be rehabilitated and actually like start his life fresh. Yeah. Which I mean, and then he's got to live with all these deaths on his conscience, which is awful. Sure. So I means a prison of his own. Yeah. So there, there is that part of it, which, so I, yeah, I agree with that. So do we know when he was released? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming when he was 18. I mean, probably. I imagine so. Yeah. yeah. That's it. That's it for the boy. I mean, I don't know. Do you want to hear about some ghosts? I sure do. That's okay. what we're here for. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Hi, spirits. Uh, <laughs> I am drinking an all-day IPA sponsored by Founders Brewing right here in Illinois. I'm uh, drinking a Target box wine. Um, it's just as good as the others. <laughs> that's true. All right. So uh, ghost story number one associated with uh, Our Lady of Angels is... Uh, there's a girl who survived the fire. So at the time she was a little girl and her mother told her when she was looking for, uh, the girl who's, mm-hmm. who, who relayed this story, the mother said when she was looking for the girl and she actually saw her brother, right? So the mother saw her son running from the building, heading towards her. The mother said, uh, this son had a big smile of relief on his face, right? So this mother who has this daughter running towards her and this son running towards her, right? She's so excited to see her children. And then in just a moment of confusion, they cannot find each other. Uh, but Jamal, this can't have happened because the family later found out the mother found out that her son died in that classroom that I was talking about. Oh no. Oh no. Where no children made it out at all. Oh my God. And so he never left that school. Oh my gosh. To, to this day, uh, their surviving daughter, which is Uh at the time, a little girl said her mother believed this encounter happened. Oh my gosh. Until her dying day. She said she saw (gasps) with her plain vision her son running towards her with a huge smile to try to find her like so happy to see her didn't say words, but basically like mom and ran towards her with his arms right oh, wide open. There's something I'm seriously crying. I like, know you're so <laughs> sad. I'm sorry. Um, there's something very beautiful about that though. It's a gorgeous like, story. Isn't it? If like she got to see him one more time, I'm like, that's, I'm getting really emotional about this. Um, she really believed it. And he got to see her one more time. Yeah. Like, that's, wow. What a pretty ghost story. That's beautiful. And, uh, like, as, as sad as it is, it's, like, the fact that that happened is really amazing because there had to have been some kind of, like, I'm sure it was troubling for her, but also, like, some kind of catharsis happened. Yeah. And what's crazy is she saw her little girl 
on one side and she saw her little boy on the other yeah. side. Yeah. And her oh. little girl actually survived and, and came to hug her and she thought the boy was just right. there and then got lost in the and confusion. And what if she was actually like protecting the dot? Like he had, I don't know. Like, oh my gosh. So, it gives me shivers. Oh! Really the story! Standing up on it. Oh. Okay. <laughs> That's terrible. So here's ghost story number two. God. Um, there's a memorial. <laughs> I can't take it. I know you can. <laughs> I've never seen you cry. I know. <laughs> I hate to cry. It's I like know. my least favorite thing. I can't believe you're doing it. Oh, you're um, killing me. Um, it's the wine. Thanks, Target. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's a memorial to the victims located in Queen of Heaven Cemetery in Hillside. So let me say that one more time. There's a memorial to the victims located in Queen of Heaven's Queen of Heaven Cemetery in Hillside. Where's wait? Where's Hillside? I am not sure. Okay. Uh, it must be out there by Austin or I think it is because I know I've heard, I I know I've heard of it. Yeah. I don't know the West Side very well. Yeah. I'm gonna clear off my nail polish. I know it's really weird what you're doing. Oh my god. <laughs> it's totally weird. Well, I don't want to know. Noelle doesn't want to get nail polish on my floor, so <laughs> she's doing all sorts of weird shit. But anyway, I'm trying to be polite. Long story short, um twenty five of the victims were buried right there. So Okay. There's a memorial and there's twenty five kids just buried right there. So this is weird. Um some of the visitors, uh who visit Queen of Heaven Cemetery mm-hmm. say that they smell smoke or that they feel that there's a, like a strong presence of a fire smell. Like they, they can't, even if they don't know uh, what this thing is, or what this memorial thing is, they walk by and it kind of smells like um, autumn leaves burning. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah. So, so people encounter it like not, not honestly knowing what it is and they just smell smoke um real quick yeah so hillside is a town on um like the west side like a west it's a western suburb and it's actually um incidentally kind of kind of close to where justice is to where resurrection cemetery is we're bringing it all together aren't we round and round we go (laughs) episode 666 released episode two (laughs) here we go so, you guys, uh, I just have a few uh, additional ghosts to talk about. Um, just after the accident, uh, several weeks, um, a mother said she saw her, her well, she said her dead son came to console her. Oh. So, she was asleep or whatever and bereaved and upset and she said, uh, and believes it, believes it to, to her dying day, it says again, but, um, that her son came to hold her hand and console her and basically said, I'm dead. Uh, additionally, very soon after the fire, a young girl, uh, who was very close to her sister, they both went to this school, um, her, her sister came to console her. So she had a visit with her dead sister Okay, that she talked about. Uh, people did not necessarily believe her, but she herself believed it, that, that her dead sister was coming to visit her. And that's all that matters. Whatever no- gets you through it. Right? Well, you asked me a question earlier, and I'm going to answer it. Yes, I've been dying to know. So this happened in 1958, uh, as 
people are wont to do, in 1960, a new school was constructed on that very site. Mm. <laughs> I, I mean, I know. I guess you got to use the space. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, we're limited with property here. But a girl attending the new school uh, reported hearing screams and sensing presences in the hallway. Uh, she actually drew faces of the victims that she saw in her dreams. Wow. Yeah. And they were actually some faces that people recognized. The actual kids. I'm surprised oh. they did not burn her at the stake because she was just a young woman when she yeah. did this. But yeah. Uh, she, she, yeah, she drew well, pictures. But if it, it's an Irish and an Italian community and, and they're, similar. yeah, they're very similar in their beliefs and they're, they're believers in the spirits. And yep. so just so you know, the new school that was made in 1960 closed in 1999 due to declining enrollment. Uh, and, and this is actually true for most Catholic Schools or Catholic establishments, there there came a time in the uh, thousandsies and the uh, now times that they just really can't fill up these spaces the way they used to. Right. Well, that happened with with my Catholic grade school. Yep. Which is why... Well, the Athenaeum right here in Chicago used to be a big that's right. Catholic institution. Now it's a big theater. It's a beautiful building. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, but that happened with, with us in, in... I was, I think, in kindergarten and... Um, 1984, and um, they the school was going bankrupt due to lack of enrollment. And it's a small town in Wisconsin, so sure. that's part of it. But that's when um, all of our parents joined forces and started the local Sorry, the, haunted house. the local haunted house, uh, which we can talk about another time. Um, so <laughs> to be continued on that, but um, but that's basically what happened there because of lack of enrollment and. Uh, they didn't dare send their children to the public school. Nay. No. And we all turned out great. Nope. Kind of. Ladies and gentlemen, um, this is High Spirits. I'm Jay Stagman. I'm Noelle Schmidt. And uh, we made it to episode six. Thank you so much for listening. We Sorry. just talked about Our Lady of Angels right here in Chicago. And we'll see you next time uh, with episode seven. And Noelle wants to say something super gross. Sweet dreams. <laughs> Sorry, Jay, made you cry. <laughs>